Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This is Naked Pine. Naked Pine. M.I.P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Naked Pine. Get woke. Folks, we're going to practice a bit of reciprocity today, but even more than that, because this brother is important to talk to in any event. I had the honor of being invited on his show a few weeks ago, and uh, I've invited him on mine long overdue for a conversation. He's involved in a lot. His show, many of you are familiar with it, very popular, Tim Black TV. You should definitely check him out if you have not. He's Real Tim Black on Twitter. And uh, we had a spirited discussion last time I was with him, welcoming him now to make it plain. Brother Tim, how are you, brother? Excellent, my brother. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And I'd like to say hello to your audience. Well, and, and welcome, brother. It's good to see you. How's the TV show going? Excellent, man. We've been very busy, and that's a good thing, as you know. Got to stay active, and I'm excited yeah. about what's going on. So, yeah, it's, it's good, brother. I'm blessed and uh, highly favored, man. That's good. That's good. Well, let's start this way. I want to pick up where we left off, uh, not spend a lot of time on it, but you and I had a very spirited discussion on reparations, and I'm I'm sure it inspired, well, I know for a fact it inspired a lot of comments from your audience. Uh, I didn't get you in too much trouble, did I? No, man. I, hey, you know, if if actually, um, Dr. Sandy Dirty, I talked to him, man, and we are, the, we are the opinion, man, that it's good to have you out there speaking your point of view. If people have a problem, they need to know where you stand on it. And how else can you? How else can they know that if you're not given an opportunity to go on various platforms and make your make your you know make it known and make it plain how you feel about things? So I I think it's great to have a dialogue. I don't I don't see I don't care, brother. And if they got problems, you got to walk that off. <laughs> well, let me give you an opportunity to share your thoughts about uh, the issue about HR 40. You kind of let me go off about mine, but 
Where, where do you stand when it comes to reparations, particularly H.R. 40? Well, you know, as I remarked before, brother, I'm a supporter of H.R. 40 in the sense that I do want reparations for my people and I feel that that's overdue. I think this is something that should have happened centuries ago. We should just now be talking about this thing that occurred back in the 1800s when we got our freedom that took place to set us straight. We, we'd be having another conversation about how we're going to, you know, continue to thrive in our Black Wall Street. You know, so that's where I'm at. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So we're here and we're looking at some way to get compensated uh, for the for the work and toil of our ancestors. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I, I support it. Uh, I am not under the illusions that in its current form, there aren't some things that might need to be updated and, and reformatted. You know, I got a lot of subject matter experts who, who tell me there are various parts that they would like to see corrected. Um, but but from my layman's perspective, Anything that moves us closer to some type of compensation, anything that's going to enable us to close that racial wealth gap, fundamentally, it can't be a universal. I'm, I'm, I'm learned enough to know that if you give everybody 10 apples, and if I got two apples and you got 100 apples, that may be equality, but that sure ain't equity. Mm-hmm. So that's what black are. And that's why I say we need specific remedies for the black community because of uh, what has happened to our government. And I'm not concerned so much with the Karens, even though I think we're going to talk about that later. I'm, I'm down for calling them out, man. But I'm more concerned with our government and our government doing right by us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's let's go there for a minute. Obviously, everybody is watching carefully the hearings on Capitol Hill, uh, which are amazing to me uh, to see police officers uh, victimized. Uh, normally, we're victimized by police. Um, and we've even seen some black Capitol Police officers talk about uh, openly. Brother Dunn was saying um, how it was a very different day for black police officers. But what's your reaction uh, to some of this testimony and this whole January 6th piece? Hmm. I'm like you, man. I'm shocked. <laughs> right? You know, these are the guys that supported Donald Trump for the most part. And I think it's a great reality check for, for, the, for the folks in blue to see exactly um, what the problem is. I mean, just like anybody else, they probably watch Fox News or some other derivative of it. And they think those people had their backs and then they, they, they got faced with reality. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad that there's something happening. Like, I'm critical of the Democrats. I'm also uncharacteristically, some of my folks are critical. I'm also critical of Republicans. So I don't, mm. I, don't, I don't just beat up on Democrats, even though I feel like since I give them my vote, I've never voted Republican, they owe me something. Republicans mm. owe me nothing. Um, but it's, it's great to see. I, I support this. I support this investigation. Some people say it's a waste of time. It ain't a waste of time. If this was Republicans, if Black Lives Matter went up in, that, in the Capitol, they'd be still talking about it. There'd be books and movies and documentaries and some more stuff. So, yeah, I'm glad we're doing the investigation, if for no other reason, just to keep this front and center. They, don't you think they would have shot us if we had rolled up in there as black people? It'd be a short, it'd be a short sequel, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's interesting is how reflexively isn't it, Tim, that police officers know not to shoot and kill white people. It's like, you know, let the white people hit us upside the head with flags and kill us. But we better not shoot these white people. I mean, that's not that's not written in the memo, but it's just it's just known in the subconscious. As a police officer, I cannot shoot and kill all these all these white people. That that's amazing to me. And I'm not saying they should have. 
I'm glad they didn't because can you imagine if they shot up all them white all them white insurrectionists? We can forget about reparations and everything. That would be Donald Trump followers victimization martyrdom for life. <laughs> you know they'd be building statues and monuments to them people. So I'm glad they didn't, and I'm sorry the police officers got killed that were, but nobody had to say that. In a lot of these situations, it's just understood you cannot treat white people the way you treat black people if you're a police officer. Yeah, absolutely, man. I believe that there's there's two types of biases, explicit and implicit. Right. And sometimes people know exactly what they're doing. They're fully aware of it. They're very conscious. Those people are explicit. Uh, those that are implicit, they've just got a funny feeling. Um, it's just yeah. unconscious, as you described. And they just, it's some of the man, I don't know if it's proximity to power. Like, when you see a white guy, you never know who he knows. The people out of hand dismiss brothers and think they don't know anybody, so we ain't got nothing to right. worry about. Right, right, right. Sometimes it's not color, and I, and I hate to say it, but sometimes we do ourselves, we do each other the same way because white supremacy and racism, discrimination, it cuts both ways, brother. And, and we all live in the same country, and we're all eating the same bad food when it comes to that. So um, they're not the only ones who practice uh, that type of discrimination. But, yeah, man, uh, I, I, getting hit. Getting hit in the head with a, a flagpole and sprayed with bear mace, yeah, that's a, a yeah. Imagine the BLM did that. Imagine if we did that, brother. It would would have been a very short, uh, whatever you want to call it, insurrection. It would have been over, like like the uh, what they did to the, in Philadelphia there, or what they did to brother Chairman Fred Hampton. More MIP after this message. What up, y'all? It's Torre, author of I Would Die For You, Why Prince Became an Icon. Check out Who Was Prince, an epic eight-episode podcast about Prince, where we talk to his girlfriends, his musicians, his engineers, his managers, all sorts of people who were close to him to find out who he really was. Follow Who Was Prince wherever fine podcasts are streamed. That's nothing, bro. It's not that you mention it. I don't know nobody who thinks like that. Hey, Tim, this means you go to the store and buy some bear mace. Who, who even? <laughs> what does that even come to your mind, man? Like I ain't never. I heard a whole lot of things. But yo, man, let's make a little run over here and stop and get us some bear mace. I mean, that's 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 wild into itself. You have been critical of the Democrats, so let me give you an opportunity. I want to hear your take on this whole piece with voting rights and filibuster. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? Well, I listened to Joe Biden's CNN town hall with Don Lemon, and there were certain parts of it that I agree with, and other parts, most of it, uh, some of it was incoherent. Other mm. parts, to me, sounded wishy washy, like a word mm. when it came to the filibuster. My thing is this, man: you told us to come out and vote. A lot of us came out and vote. You said, "Get rid of Donald Trump; he's a threat to society." We did that. And now that you got the majority, the House, the Senate, and the executive office, you don't want to use your power because you said you know some good Republicans that should come along with us. I don't think we need to wait for them to come along with anybody. We need to go ahead and act like you have the mandate that you were given by the people. You won for a reason. How many votes was it? Six million more votes than Donald Trump, something like that? Yeah, right. exercise that authority that was given to you by the people and go get her done. So uh, when I hear Joe Biden give that type of uh, flaccid rebuttal uh, when asked, hey, man, what are you going to do about the filibuster? And don't get me wrong. Um, I know sometimes filibusters have been used uh, to, to make statements on the House floor, on the Senate floor, I should say, and that's great. I mean, 
Uh, Bernie Sanders used it once. That's how I found out about him. He did a filibuster for 11 hours about the, the Bush tax cuts that Obama continued. So I, I like that. But at the expense of voting rights, now nah, we could... We can do. We can write our pads. We can. We can. We can. Make, we can make statements other ways. We need to get this filibuster uh, taken off the books. Well, you know, and, and what's interesting, just hearing you say that, an idea just popped to mind. I mean, voting rights are sacred, sacrosanct. You don't have that. You don't have nothing. So, I mean, even if and and I, you know, you're right. You know, when he and others talk about the filibuster, you know, I'm, I'm sure you notice how certain people get in that Senate space. And they become enamored with the trappings of the office. Oh, this is this. And I'm like, you tripping. That ain't nothing. But he, why can't they just do away with it? Put the voting rights on the book. And if they want to, they want to go back to it. Then that's fine. We can have that conversation. They can take it on, take it off, do what they want to do. Why don't they just do that? Because yeah. for Democrats, like you said, they need us. Ain't no Democratic Party without us. So it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. If they're suppressing our vote, they're not going to be in power anyway. Exactly. exactly. We talked about this before, man. I mean, we are the most loyal voting bloc they have. And if these these uh, these voting rights laws, what is it? A third of the states have passed some type of restrictive measures yeah, of voting yeah, rights, yeah. limiting yeah. The, the length of time you can request a, a, a provisional ballot, uh, the, the amount of Post polling stations, how soon they close. Um, right. Yeah, there's a number of ways they've done it, man. 27 states, I think. Um, so, yeah, we um, there's there's no way that we can stand by and let that happen. And and as hard as it is for me, like my constituency, my viewers, some of my viewers, they have that crowd. Like, hey, we don't need to vote. We need to, you know, we're gonna sit it out sometimes. I gotta try to convince them to vote. And now you're taking away my ammunition because I try to tell them to vote, and now you're making it so they can't vote. You don't want to fight for their right to vote. So it's right, a mixed right. message um, that they're sending to uh, to the world. I say. Yeah, 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 and 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 that's problematic. Something has to be done about that. And you know, I I never. I mean, I know LBJ. I've studied LBJ. I never thought that I would say to a president, "Why don't you do what he did?" You got, no, really. I mean, that's what it come down to. But this is politics. And, you know, they said there was a famous quote. Somebody said the LBJ, he was going to use some of his political capital uh, to get the 65 Voting Rights Act passed. And one of his advisors said, well, don't use all your capital for that. He said, and he said back to the man, he said, what the hell is the presidency for then? What, what, what else am I, what am I stocking up capital for? You know, uh, uh, <laughs> there's no capital gains tax. No income I'm getting from from that. And so he went on ahead and pulled the trigger. And what's fascinating is here Joe Biden is. He's dangling this infrastructure piece. That's what LBJ did. Hey, Joe Manchin, you want this bridge? You want this stuff built where you want it? You got to flip the script and vote the way we want you to vote. I mean, that's just and LBJ did it with Republicans. That's just politics one on one, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's why we're outside of Wizard. A shout out to uh, Reverend Barber, man, and the Poor People's Campaign. They're outside Cinema's house. They're outside right. Picketing, <laughs> uh, what is it, uh, Mitch McConnell. I don't know how effective that's going to be. And Cinema's basically a Republican herself. But um, we're fighting a good fight. But yeah. that bully pulpit, as you described, brother, Joe Biden should be using it. Kamala Harris should be using it. Um, Nancy Pelosi should be using it. Shame them. Shame them all. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and that's what the time is. 
you've been um, um, support. Well, I don't know if you've endorsed, but you've been covering Nina Turner's campaign a lot. Have you endorsed her? Are you fully behind her? Yeah, well, I'm fully behind her, but you know, they didn't start yesterday. I've been supporting uh, Sister Nina Turner since 2015, man, when she first, uh, you know, started uh, started her campaigning with uh, Bernie Sanders, and I became more aware of her. But before that, she was on MSNBC a lot. She was a pretty known figure even yeah. before that. But but so I'm not I'm not a, a Johnny Come Lately on her, right. and uh, and my support of her is, is contingent on her on her policies. Like so, it's not a personal thing. It's about what I think, what I believe. And I don't believe she's been lying to me for the last six years about what she believes. Um, so, so that's why I got her back, and I, I hope that she wins. Yeah. Uh, how's that race looking? Well, you know, it's a lot of dark money, man. You know, um, mm, mm. you know, like I, like I said, bro, I, her, her, her top challenge is Chantel Brown and, uh, and uh, Sister Chantel Brown. I don't know if she's a bad person. I think she's right. a good person. I don't like her politics. And... Um, there's a lot of concern there. There's an ethics probe that's hanging over her head at the moment. Um, there's questions about why did she why did she step down as the Democratic chair of Ohio while she's running? Kind of will be easy to get endorsements when you're the Democratic chair and, and people think there's a possibility you might win. So her that step down from that is is also problematic. Not to mention the dark money that she's been taking from organizations like the Right Way and the DJMI, uh, which is a uh, organization there that that. Uh, you know that they've been funneling money in, so so this outside money influence on the local race is what I have a problem with. Nina Turner, eighty-five percent of her donations are from poor people, 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 people in Ohio, and uh, Chantel Brown can't make the same claim. More MIP after this message. Is the white progressive white left? Back to this word reciprocity. Are they supporting Nina? Brother Tim, the way she has stood ten toes down with all of them? Mm. Well, you know what? I think they have because Nina okay. took them out without them, there's no way she could be raising this amount of money that she's raising. I mean, okay. all right. she's been raising a lot of money, but you're absolutely correct. I mean, I think she may have taken a slight hit um, um, because it's a local race. She's not talking to a national audience. Yeah. And, and uh she got focused on black issues all the way around. She supports reparations. I got her to, I got her to say that boldly and clearly to clear that up on my show. So um, that that kind of simmered some folks, but I think that um, I think for the most part, they see her as a the last hope, brother. I mean, a lot of folks gave up on Bernie at this point. They they say, well, Bernie's part of the machine at this point, and they see Nina Turner. They put a lot of pressure on her too, Rev. They really are. They're like, if Nina don't do it. We got nothing. And I'm like, you know, you can't put all that pressure on one individual. Um, everybody's an individual. Everybody's got to pull their own weight. But, Corey, you know, Representative Cory Bush is in there. Representative Jamal Bowman's in the house. I mean, these are these people are there for a reason, and they, they care about their constituencies as well. So it's not all on Nina. But, no, you're right. You're right. But no, bro, you, you just said something. I didn't know. Tell me more about this. You say people feel like Bernie is a part of the machine now? Man... This is thing, Rev, that's going on. I don't know if you're aware of it, but in certain pockets of the internet and this progressive stuff, that's why, brother, like my policies are progressive. I feel that I'm a progressive, but I'm no longer like with the progressive left. Set. Um, I'm focused on my people and their concerns are not always aligned with my concerns. For instance, um, yeah, I cover Bernie Sanders because I believe in his policies. I think we need. Universal health care. I believe that we need 
uh, to wipe out student debt. I know when students get a break, they ain't gonna put their money in the Caymans, man. They're going to buy a car. Right. <laughs> They're going to buy a car here. So um, I support those policies. And, of course, um, we had a robust police reform package, I think most comprehensive of anyone in the field. So those are the reasons why I supported them. But on the same token, when I'm talking about George Floyd, when I'm talking about Rashad Brooks, when I'm talking mm-hmm. about Breonna Taylor, I don't get the same support from my white brothers and sisters on the left, man. So that's what's caused me to, to do a double take and say, hey, what am I doing this for? And and let's make sure that I got allies. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. Bernie. So Bernie, I think that uh, to, your, to, your, um, to answer your question more directly, uh, some of those people I think are not happy with Bernie because he's, he's been supportive of, of Biden. But yeah. I feel like he's trying to get some things done on the progressive tip. What are you supposed to do? They want him to call him out. Like, that's what they want. They want to live through Bernie and see Bernie be an obstacle to Biden. But what would that get us? What would that get him? What would that get the country? I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Part of the problem that some of us even had in 2016, because that's where it was really amplified what you said, there was a struggle with some of the progressive left wanting to emphasize class more so than race and racial issues. And that was a real battle. Um, And so things got better in terms of Bernie's campaign in 2020. But obviously some of that is still there, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's still there, man. We have these conversations often. I I have some folks that... um, that I'm, I'm rocking with right now. We, we we discuss how to how to combat it. Look, it, we cannot back away from the issues of race. It's amazing, Rev, how a country that made race everything about me, like and you and I, everything, nothing else mattered other than the color of our skin. It's the same country now that says, "Don't focus on your race." Well, yeah, I would rather not focus on it if given an opportunity, but unfortunately, it's it's the way business is done in America. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, last but not least, uh, my producer was checking out your Twitter. Brittany was talking about how <clears throat> you've been covering some of these Karens. Um, and I guess everybody saw one of the most recent ones. It might be one more recent, but the most, most recent viral one I saw was the woman in Victoria's Secret and all of that. Here's, so, Brother Tim Black is going to answer this question. This is a meaning of life question. I'm going to put him on the spot. He's going to explain this to the world right now for all of us to understand. Tim, what makes these people act up even more when they know they're being filmed? Like if you and I were in a situation and somebody turned the camera on, whatever we're doing that might compromise us, we probably gonna chill. You know, we don't want no we don't want that on camera. You you gonna explain to us now the psychology of the Karen, my brother. <laughs> what makes them clown even more you you guarantee you turn that camera on, they wild out even more. Like they don't even think about, and they know some of them have lost jobs. They, they go try to go back to work Monday morning. They said, "No, no, we saw you on social media acting like a damn fool." Hell no, you ain't coming in here. So explain to us, my brother, the psychology of the Karen, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Black. He's got the answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the psychology of the Karen, <laughs> I, I believe it's 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 uh it's a condition known as white privilege, um, and also prima donna, and also it's been working. So I think these, these Karens have been socialized to believe it's worked in the past that when you turn on the waterwork, 
um, white women have ability, the ability to slip the punch, like a Floyd Mayweather, you know, slipping with the chin, you know, that kind of works. Throw that shoulder and, and duck a punch. And, and, and it's been working their entire lives. They, they know that with their dads at work, they work with mom when they needed something or wanted something. And, and so they try with society because for the most part, you know, this is their country, this is their world, and they control these things. So that's how I see it. Black women are not afforded the same luxury. And, and uh, in fact, when black women say they're in pain, people tend, even though those in the medical profession tend to believe that it's, it's a lie in order to get medication. So right. we're not afforded the same type of compassion and empathy. So crocodile tears, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one in Victoria's Secret went, disrespected the sister, then started rolling on the floor crying herself. And so many sisters described seeing that scene in countless situations in the workplace. You know, you, you throw some hands up and then you get caught and then you start crying and you the victim. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but they need, they need a vaccine for that too. <laughs> Why everybody around talking about getting vaccinated, they need a vaccine for the Karen thing. It's, it looks like it's getting worse. It's become a pandemic. Just Karen's, Karen's going crazy. And you know what's bad? Because I got white women friends who talk about the Karens. Yeah. They, they, even they embarrass. This side of it too. They, you know, it's embarrassing to them, and they want they want the Karen eradicated. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, vaccine for the Karen, y'all. Um, Tim Black TV. Tell everyone how they can watch you, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, find me at timblacktv.com, and I'll, it'll have all my listings there. How to locate me? I'm real Tim Black on social media. And hey, man, Reverend, I just want to thank you once again for the opportunity. Well, thank you, brother. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Keep up the great work. work. Folks, check out Tim Black TV. Support what he's doing. Another voice out here uh, in the wilderness, holding up the bloodstained banner for our people, and we so appreciate him. Check him out. Tim Black TV, everyone. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.